I have had a few little kids ask me, is that your real voice? It has happened. I was going to be in God's house this morning. I'm glad he's still good. I'm glad I'm not going to hell. But I always, I can wake up every day. I have something to be happy about. Uh, if the Lord will help me, I'm going to take you all to Judges chapter 6. That's where I'm going to be at in the Bible this morning. And I just pray the Lord would speak to you. Pray the Lord would speak to you. I'm glad that I'm so thankful for last night, uh, for the service, for just the fact that he met with us. I'm so thankful to be in his house this morning. So thankful for everything that I feel like I take for granted sometimes, but he just gets sweeter to me as the days the days go on. The more that I learn about him, and the more real it becomes to me, the sweeter he is. And the more... The more I cherish who he is, I, I do not understand uh, people my age, especially living the world that they're living in, how they can live without him, how they go through their trials without him. But I'm just so thankful, I'm so blessed to be here this morning. I'm gonna pray, and we'll get in the message. Dear Lord, I want to thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. Thank you so much for another morning that I get to be in your house, that I get to be uh, behind a pulpit. I'm blessed the opportunity and the ability to be standing here. I'm so thankful, Lord. And I pray that um that you would do the preaching and that would use me uh, as your instrument to for your word to be preached, your word to be spoken. I pray that you'd that you draw nigh to us. And I pray that um for that your word would speak for itself. And I want to thank you so much uh for last night, for everything that you've been doing, everything that you will do, everything that you can do. You know what I pray. Amen. I want to start off in um Judges chapter six and verse 6 is where I'll begin. And it says, And Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried unto the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried unto the Lord because of the Midianites, that the Lord sent a prophet unto the children of Israel, which said unto them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I brought you up from Egypt, and I brought you forth out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians, and out of the hand of all that oppressed you, and drave them out from before you, and gave you their land. And I said unto you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you dwell, but ye have not obeyed my voice. And there came an angel of the Lord, and said unto an oak, which was in Ophrah, that pertained unto Joash the Abiezrod, and his son Gideon thrust wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, that mighty man of God. I'm so thankful he's with me. I'm so thankful he's with us this morning. I don't know, like I said before, I don't know how lost people go through the trials that they do without him. I, it blows my mind. And I'd be, I'd be in sad shape if I had to go through the trials that I have went through without him. I, I cannot comprehend what it would have been like to do it without him. I'm so thankful for his presence. And his presence with me in my past, his presence with me today, I'm glad he's not going to forsake me. I'm glad he's, he ain't going nowhere. Amen. Verse 12 says, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Do not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us, and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go. And every one of us are called to go in some way. 
The Bible says the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And we're called to go. We're called to go in our workplace. We're called to go in our schools or in our college, maybe. Wherever it is that the Lord has you, if you're in his will, the Lord expects us to be a light. We ought not to be ashamed to be different. We ought to be proud to be the different that we are. We ought to be excited and blessed and grateful for the light that we have through him. We're all called to go. In verse 14, the Lord says, Go on this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? Verse 15, and he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee. Thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. That phrase, as one man, jumps out at me every time. I'm so thankful that I don't have to be this and that for him to use me. I don't have to be a superstar for him to use me. All I have to be just, I'm glad he can just use one man. I'm glad he can just use one obedient man, one willing man. I'm glad that I don't have to meet some sky high, some sky high expectation because I know that I'd fail him. I'm going to fail him as time goes on. My sin nature is going to cause me to trip. It's going to cause me to slip up. But I'm glad that that's all that he needs. If I'm to stay willing, if I'm going to stay obedient, if I can stay faithful, that he can use me. And I shall smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Depart not hence, I pray thee, until I come unto thee, and bring forth my present, and set it before thee. And he said, I will tarry until thou come again. And Gideon went in, and made ready a kid, and unleavened cakes, and an aphid of flour. The flesh he put in the basket, and he put the broth in a pot, and brought it out unto him under the yoke, and presented it. And the angel of God said unto him, Take the flesh and the unleavened cakes, and lay them upon this rock, and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put forth the hand of the staff that was in his hand, and touched the flesh and the unleavened cakes. And there rose up fire out of the rock, and consumed the flesh and the unleavened cakes. Then the angel of the Lord departed out of his side. I'm just so thankful. When I read those verses, it makes me think of, of the power and the evidence that he has in our lives. And I'm no doubt Gideon's, uh, he's questioning the Lord. He said, how are you going to use me? He said, I'm the, I'm the least in my father's house. I'm, I'm poor. My family is poor in Manasseh. I'm so thankful that to Gideon, his power was evident. He showed up every time that he needed to. I'm so thankful that the Lord's protection and providence is always evident. And we see that here through those verses. Verse 22, And when Gideon perceived that he was an angel of the Lord, Gideon said, Alas, O Lord God, for because I have seen an angel of the Lord face to face. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I never cease to get excited over the day that and I saw him face to face for the first time. I remember I was a six-year-old boy. It was just a normal Sunday morning to me. There was nothing irregular about it. Uh, Daddy was preaching. We was in uh, Weedowie, Alabama. I sat up on the front row, about right there on the second row. Excuse me. And just the Lord showed up in a big and a mighty way. And he reached down to where I was, a six-year-old boy. He says, and it just dawned, and they hit me like a train that morning. And my little six-year-old mind says, hey, you're lost too. Hey, you need a heaven too. Hey, you need a savior too. And I'm so thankful for the day that I saw him face to face. And he's never left me alone. 
Despite all my shortcomings, despite my failures, despite the negatives, I've seen him face to face. He's never left me. Verse 23, And the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. Because I've seen him face to face, I don't, I don't have to die. I don't have to die. I'm just going to move. Amen. I'm just going to move. I'm so thankful for the home that I have in heaven, for my destination, for everything that he's given me to look forward to. I'm so thankful. Fear not, thou shalt not die. We're going to move on a little bit. Let's go to verse, um, let's go to verse 33. Uh, the Lord tells Gideon he's going to go to battle and he's going to need an army. And so they're getting ready to conquer the Midianites. They're getting ready to, to take back over the land. In verse 33, then all the Midianites and the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together, 33, excuse me, and went over and pitched in the valley of Jezreel. But the spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon and he blew a trumpet. And Abiezer was gathered after him, and he sent messengers throughout all Manasseh, who also was gathered after him. And he sent messengers unto Asher, unto Zebulun, unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, If thou wilt save Israel by mine hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor. And if it do be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt save Israel by mine hand. As thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morrow and thrust the fleece together and wring the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thine anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once. Let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece. Let it now be dry only upon the fleece, upon all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. For it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. I'm so thankful he's not going to let me down. He didn't let Gideon down. He said, Lord, if you're going to do this, could you please just show me? Could you please make a sign? Could you please make it evident that you can use me? He didn't let Gideon down. He proved his presence was there. He proved that he was able. And he proved that he was watching out for Gideon. I'm so thankful for the times that his presence has been evident in my life. There's been times where I've, even though I knew I wasn't alone, sometimes it kind of felt like it. It felt like I was doing it on my own, even though I know he's never, he never forsook me. But I'm so glad for the times that I said, Lord, I need, I need you to do this with me. I can't do this on my own. I'm so thankful for the times that it's in those moments that he's there and he makes his presence, he makes his presence evident. I'm so thankful for his nearness and for the dearest friend that he is to me. I've had, I've been blessed with several godly friends, several great friends. But there's no, the, the dearest friend that I have is irreplaceable. I'm so thankful for his, for his nearness in my life. I'm going to move on to chapter 7. He's getting his army together. And it says, Then Jerubal, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them, by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Their people... The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands. Lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own has saved me. And what I see right here is God sometimes he has to take away our own strength. He has to take away what we perceive as our own abilities. And our dependence on ourselves and our independence. Sometimes he has to take that away so we'll give him the glory. 
so that when the victory is won, so when we're on the other side, we can look back and say, that was God that did that. We can look back and say, there's no other way that we could have done that on our own. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for his presence. I'm so thankful that he's not going to let us down. I remember many times where I used to, I would, I was in the habit of relying on my own strength. And then there was three or four things in life that I thought I had going for me. I had this and that, and there was, uh, I seemed to be thriving that, that, um, those opportunities, those areas of my life seemed to be thriving. I was so proud of the way I thought I was succeeding in those areas, but everything, because I was relying on my own strength and I was going against the will of God and I had plans that I wanted God to hop on board with me on. Instead of me being submissive to his will, I had those plans. I relied on my own strength. And those plans crumbled, but I'm glad that they did. Because had I not gave up my own strength, had I not surrendered to his will, I wouldn't have seen his strength up close like I have. I'm so thankful for the times that he's proved himself worthy. He's proved himself stronger. He's proved himself everything that I need this morning. Verse 3 says, Now therefore go to... Proclaim the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. They returned the people twenty and two thousand, and they remained ten thousand. That's a lot of people to walk away from the battle. And I get to thinking, if I was in Gideon's shoes, what, I, what would I be doing? I would see more than half of my army just walk out and say, I'm going home. I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I'm afraid. I don't want to do this. I'm going home. It was, I, surely that had to be a period of... um. Of Gideon's faith being tried. Surely it was. And to see all those, more than half his army walk away. But we knew that God, he knew, looking back, that God's presence was there. He knew that he was evident in the situation, that his mighty hand was there. We move on in verse 4. It says, And the Lord said to Gideon, The people are yet too many. Bring them down under the water, and I will try them for thee there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee. Of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the, unto the water, and the Lord said unto Gideon, Everyone that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, everyone that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped putting their hand to their mouth were three hundred men, but all the rest of the people bowed down upon the knees to drink. This was a this was a matter of testing the soldiers right here. This was a test to see if they was alert, if they was aware of their surroundings, if they were concerned, even in the midst of a drink of what was going on. And we see right here that as uh, as the scriptures go on, they go into battle with just three hundred. Where they started out with, I believe, it's thirty two thousand. And you get to thinking about that, how 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 few. It got narrowed down to, and the test right here was to see who was going to who was going to be alert, who was going to be looking around, who was going to be aware of what was going on, and who was going to bow down, who was going to bow down, who was going to put their face in the water, who was going to let their guard down before the battle. And I see right here, I just I notice these phrases and how the Bible words it. It says, "Likewise, everyone that bows down." Upon his needs to drink. And then verse 6 says, But the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. I want to know that, I want y'all to know that we're fighting spiritual battles. We got spiritual challenges. We have things that we need to conquer in our lives. Things that the devil 
is going to try to upset us with. He's going to put a stumbling block in our lives. But I don't want to be guilty about him, though. I don't want to be guilty of letting my guard down. I don't want to be guilty of pretending there's not a battle to be fought, pretending that the devil doesn't want me, pretending that he's not roaring around like a lion. I don't want to be guilty about him, though. I want to be guilty of standing. I want to be guilty of being aware. I want to be guilty of being obedient. I want to be guilty of having faith in him. And not taking my head off the battle. I'm going to go on. And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand. And let all the other people go, every man unto his place. So the people took victuals in their hand and their trumpets. And it sent all the rest of Israel, every man unto his tent, and retained those three hundred men. And the host of Midian was beneath him in the valley. I'm going to skip a few verses. Let's go to verse. Uh, let's go to verse 15. Verse 15 says, And it was so, when Gideon heard the telling of the dream, the in the interpretation thereof, that he worshipped and returned into the host of Israel, and said, Arise, for the Lord hath delivered into your hand the host of Midian. And he divided the three hundred men into three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And that verse always jumps out to me. I was thinking, you know, if I'm going into battle, and if the majority of my army, almost all my army had left me, you know, what it says, the Bible says right here, they have a trumpet in every man's hand with empty pitchers and lamps in the pitchers. That's what they're taking in battle. It don't mention anything about no swords, about no armory. It don't mention the fact that they're, that they're prepared like you would expect them to be prepared. But they was being obedient. I got thinking about that. About how we don't have to fight the battles that we're in. Because we already have the victory. Jesus Christ, has already claimed the victory in our battles. He's already claimed the victory if we keep sounding our trumpet. If we don't back down from speaking his name, we ought never be ashamed. We ought never be ashamed to give him the glory. We ought never be ashamed to be alive. We ought never be ashamed to be different. We ought never be ashamed to be saved, to be a Christian. They're taking this to battle, the trumpet. And I noticed the lamp as well, the light that they had. We'll let our light shine. That's all we need for the battle. If we have, if we have our trumpet, if we, are, we have our lamps, we have our light, if we cling on to that through our battles, that's all, we, that's all that we need to be equipped with. I was thinking, if I would be in the battle, if I was getting ready, I would have like my AR-15s and my tanks and whatnot. <laughs> and back in those days, they would have the swords and they would have the armory and they would... You'd think they'd be more prepared to fight the battle, but they wouldn't fight the battle. They just, they just had to be obedient. They just had to believe that the Lord was going to conquer, that the Lord had the outcome already set on. All it took on their part was obedience and his word and, and obedience and faith that he could do what he said he would do and how it's already been evident. And I guess thinking about the many situations where I didn't have the answers. I wasn't sure what was going on, and I wanted to fix it, but I knew that I couldn't. So I just said, Lord, whatever you, what, Lord, whatever you want to happen, whatever your will is, I don't understand this. I'm not sure what's going on. I would like to fix everything that's going on, but I can't. I know. And the Lord has come through time and time again for me, and he's never let me down. He's not going to let me down. I stand here at 18, and I get to tell you that he's not letting me down. If I get to stand here at 28, 
I'll be able to tell you he's not letting me know. If I get to stand here at 88, I'll still be able to tell you that he's not letting me know. And I'm so thankful for that fact this morning. I'm so thankful that our victory has already been won through Christ. That our battles are already, our battles are already over. We just gotta be obedient. We just gotta believe that he said, that he can do what he said he would do, just like these men did. So they're going into battle, verse 17 says, and he said unto them, look on me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall you do. And when I blow with a trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp, and say, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. So Gideon and the hundred men that were with him came under the outside of the camp in the beginning of the middle watch. And they had but newly set the watch, and they blew the trumpets and break the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies blew the trumpets and break the pitchers and held the lamps in their left hands and the trumpets in their right hands to blow a whistle. And they cried, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. This is where I want the message. This is my main bird, my main thought on the message this morning. It says, and they stood every man in his place, round about the camp. And all the hosts ran and cried and fled. And the three hundred blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man against every man's sword against his fellow, even throughout all the hosts. And the scriptures go on and tell you how they won, how chaos ensued throughout the camp, and uh, their obedience to God, their belief in God, those three hundred they came through. And my main burden this morning is this verse one, they stood every man in his place. And I got to thinking about, um, like, what if I was to be, like, put myself in the shoes of one of those 300? If I could think of how, how would I have felt that day being there? I mean, one 300, we had what I believe, I think it's 32,000. That original army was 32,000 that showed up. And then to see, what was it, 22,000? 22,000 walk out? See, I'm fearful, I'm afraid. I want to go home. I want to go back to my comfort. I'm going to go back and let somebody else fight the battles. And I got to sit here thinking, I'd probably be thinking, I'd be wanting my comfort. I'd be wanting to be home. Just like everybody else that had just left. But because they stood, they were willing to stand. They were willing to look around. They were willing to realize that they were in the battle. Willing to realize there wasn't time to let the guard down. They wasn't, they was willing to realize that the victory hadn't been won yet. And that there was still a battle to stand up to. But they knew that God was going to do the fine. That God was going to have the outcome in control. And I got to think about being one of those 300. With a trumpet and a lamp. Maybe feeling unequipped. Maybe feeling this, probably not the ideal situation here, maybe. But they stood, every man in his place. And that's interesting that they say that all this, I believe this implies all 300 was in the place that Gideon had told them to be. His obedience to Gideon, and Gideon was obeying God. I I, I, I got to think about that, about how they stood, about how they didn't bow down the chapter earlier, or the verses earlier. Now, I don't be guilty of bowing down. There's a battle to be fought. There's still a devil out there. There's still sin to flee from. There's still temptation to flee from. Even though we have victory in Christ, at the end of the day, we have sin. We have a sin nature. And we have a devil that's roaring, seeking whom made of our in this earth. And we have a responsibility to let our trumpet sound. We have a responsibility to be a light to this world. 
And they said every man in his place. I got to thinking about that, how they stood and how every man in his place. Had, had every man not been in the place that the Lord and that Gideon had told them to be at, we, we may have saw a slightly different outcome. But the Bible says every man in his place, I got to thinking about that. I think about standing in my place, standing behind my pastor, standing in college. That's where the Lord has me. That's the place that the Lord has me for this season and getting to stand right here behind this pulpit with y'all this morning. That's my place. That's my place. And they stood every man in his place. When almost everybody had left, when so many had said, I'm going home, I'm not scared, I don't want to do this. I am scared. I don't want to do this. Excuse me. And when the rest bowed down, and the rest were willing to go to battle, but they bowed down before they even got there. I want to be able to stand in my place. I want to be able to stand. I hope y'all can say in five years, in ten years, that boy's still standing. I hope y'all can look at me in 15, 20 years. If the Lord doesn't come back until then, I'm going to be able to tell y'all, I still want to stand in my place. I still want my place. I still want to stand in it. If the Lord does not come back until then, I want y'all to be able to tell. I want y'all to be able to look at me and say I'm still standing. That I, I'm in my. I want the Lord's place for me. I want the Lord's life for me. I want the Lord's future for me. I want to stand. I don't want to be guilty of bowing down. I don't want to be guilty of cowering out. I don't want to be guilty of letting fear overcome what He's done for me and what He can do for me. I'm going to stand in my place. And my, I encourage you this morning, my encouragement and my message to you, just find your place. Stand in. Don't bow down. Don't get scared when you're there. Enjoy being there. Find your place. There's nothing more fulfilling, nothing more peaceful, and nothing more joyous of being in the Lord's place, being in the Lord's will. I thought I had it all figured out. I had all these plans, you know, 15, 16, 17. I was surely going to be in the NBA. I just knew it. I had all these different plans, and I had it all figured out. I wanted the Lord to hop on board with my plans. And I had a place for myself, and I had places for myself, and I had a life for myself. And I wanted the Lord to hop on with that. But I'm so glad that he revealed to me that his place and his future for me is so much better. And then the day that I surrendered my all, the day that I hit the altar, it was last year, June. It was the middle of June, Wednesday at a Bible camp. I had the altar and said, Lord, I'm done. With my plans. I'm done with what I want to do. I'm done with me. I'm tired of me. I want you, I want you to guide, I want you to take the wheel. I want you to guide my life. That's my, that's my message to you this morning. Stand in your place. Find your place. Get a hold of your God. Seek His will. Stand in your place. Don't bow down.